Welcome back, everyone, to Single Minded. I am your host, Hannah First, and my mum, Linda, is back. Hi, Linda. Hi, Hannah. Hi, everyone. Practicing. You've been, I haven't seen you in about four days. Five and, days. Um, I've been on a big five bike days, ride. And there was no one to take my packages, and I felt a little bit lost without you. I know. I had to uh, go to the post office today and pick them all up. Yep. Well, no, one actually got returned to sender. So why doesn't anyone open the door here? Like because they ring, they ring level three, and then they don't. They and they're meant to call your number, and you clearly weren't answering your phone. Well, I was in the middle of nowhere on a huge bike ride of two hundred plus k. You were on an electric bike, so that's cheating. Cheating. So I wanted to open up this week's episode because I got a number of funny DMs on Instagram about last week's challenge. Apparently that was the hardest challenge that we've ever set. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, the challenge was that if there was a toxic person in your life that you, you know, you always respond to them without really thinking about why you're responding to them. It was a good chance for people to not respond to toxic exes or zombies from the past. What's a zombie? So ghosting is when someone disappears and then a zombie is when they reappear like years later. Okay. So I I actually discovered that this week because I got a message from a girl saying the guy who has come back into your life that you mentioned in today's podcast is zombieing you. Mm. Coming back into your life, so coming back from the dead basically after you haven't heard from him in years. So then, so basically the challenge was that I was not going to respond to this guy because he there's it's not going anywhere. It's he lives on the other side of the world. He's no good for me. Anyway, I got a message from this girl saying, man, this week's challenge hit me right in the feels. He's hoping he just doesn't text at all. Well, as if that's going to (laughs) happen. He's on a roll. And then she said, the challenge is only a week, right? So basically, I was like, yep, just a week. So I had to last a week without texting this guy back. And I was hoping he wouldn't text me at all, but he did. Yes, I I got that (laughs) message when I was away and I have to say I was a bit happy. He sent me a video of a party with no context and no, like, no text message. Really? What was the party? He was at some party. That's to suck you in. Totally. Here's what you, you are Here's missing. Here's what you're missing. And so I sent mum and Ruby. Ruby is my sister and she edits this podcast. So I said, fuck, he's messaging me again and I need to do my challenge. And Ruby said, don't do it for the sake of the content. And Linda says, please text him back, Soz, I can't help myself. You are the worst. I know. I don't know. I just like him. I might love <laughs> so, him. Okay. So I then lasted, he he texted me and I, I didn't write back for two days and then he, he wrote another message going how because I didn't respond to the video and he said, how are you? And I didn't respond. And then last night I went to an Italian restaurant and I was so intoxicated by the Italian waiters and the Italian wine and the, oh. and the beautiful pasta. He's Italian. And I was like, oh, fuck it. And so... <laughs> 
And so I ended up texting him back. Sorry, anyway. And so how long did you last? Five days or did you last the week? It was it was definitely it's been a week because we recorded okay. well more than a week done. Ago. Well done. Thanks. And I also waited two days to respond back. Excellent. So that's a win for me. Anyway, that was the challenge from last week. This week's episode, I am actually interviewing Bianca Ismolovsky. She is a comedian from Melbourne and she's getting divorced and she broke up with her husband during the never-ending Victorian lockdown. I listened to her other podcast, We Want to Be Better, which I absolutely love. And she's got a new podcast on her own called Damsel Undistressed. And it's all about life after getting divorced. She's only 30 as well. So I thought for other- So she was married for a couple of years. Yes. And she now doesn't really believe in marriage and she doesn't really know why she got married. And so she's trying to unpack like what why did she want to get married? And she's just living her best life dating divorced. after divorced. Yeah. So this is really relevant to anyone that I guess is getting back out there after a really big breakup or a divorce. Because it's the same thing. It's the same thing, married yeah. or partnered. I don't know if I've ever told you this, mum, but you know, my dad, your husband. Rob. Like he's pretty unconventional, I would say. Yes. You know, like right before he met you, he was on a kibbutz in Israel and He's a little bit like me, big traveller, traveler. you know, took us. Had a lot of girlfriends. Had a lot of girlfriends. So Not even girlfriends. Lots of lovers. Um, he had, yeah. you said when you first went to his house, he had like pieces of paper. All. He had pieces of paper with girls' numbers everywhere. And my friend who <gasps> knew him said, yeah. well, he's taken your number, but goodness knows you may never hear from him. He's got hundreds of numbers. Yeah, right. I didn't have a good impression of him at first. So I asked him one day because I was I was wondering why on earth him of all people why did he want to get married so young because he was yeah it was unusual for him especially I I just did, wouldn't expect him to be so traditional he said to me the reason that he thinks marriage is a good idea for him anyway was because marriage is like it makes it harder or it, you know if you have like a fight or a you know you you don't agree or whatever it is, once you're married, I think for him it was like, well, you don't just walk away from that. You yeah. have to he's made to a, make it he, work. He's, he's made he, a commitment. A lifelong commitment. But do you think maybe people of my age are less lifelong well, committed? Equ equally, we've got friends who aren't married and they've been together the same amount of time as us. So yeah. it's a personal choice. But I, okay. I think because he, his parents were um, married for a long time, my parents were married for a long time, that's what we knew and mm -hmm. so we just followed that. <laughs> so no independent thinking, we did no, not, no questioning I, the status I, quo, no, none of I've, that. I voted the way my parents voted. Yeah, I, of course. You know, wanted to wear a white dress. Yeah, what's with, what was know. with the oh, Do you know what? Do you what? know what? I think my mother wanted a wedding more than I did. Yes, well, I was going to say, what, it, what was it about the white dress that you wanted so badly? No, I didn't really. I could have equally worn a, a different colour. But, no, my mother definitely loved a party. Yes. She orchestrated the whole thing. I really don't think I had too much uh, input. It was really about my mother having a great evening and the video shows what she was doing whilst I was upstairs freaking the F out. You had a panic uh, attack. Did having you? almost a panic attack. She was downstairs greeting all the guests like the Queen <laughs> and the video is brilliant because it's 
mum standing there in all her glory. She had a ball. So did I, really. Let's get into the episode. Here is my interview with Bianca. Bianca Ismolovsky is a comedian and fellow Melbourneian and the co-host of the podcast We Want to Be Better. She just released her new solo podcast, Damsel Undistressed, which documents her split from her husband and covers all things marriage, divorce, separation and dating. Thank you so much for joining me, Bianca. We both launched podcasts in lockdown. Fun times, right? <laughs> Good times, yeah. How was lockdown? You know, the first lockdown was bad mm. and then the second yep. lockdown was worse so I don't know it was it was yep <laughs> it just went for so long the second time around I didn't really start socializing in that little break because I was like I've got so much time <laughs> if I'd known oh my god yeah. if I'd known oh my gosh like we got out I think at the time it seemed like it was such a long time but it was only three weeks and I didn't live enough in those three weeks, it turns out. I did not. I did not have enough sex, I can tell you that much. 100%, yeah. I, I lost, I missed my window. I totally missed my sex window. <laughs> yeah. So a lot happened for you during Melbourne lockdown. You broke up with your husband um, during a global pandemic. Yeah, okay. I would just love to hear what happened. You know, I at the start of the lockdown, like in March, I remember saying to him, do you think we're going to be okay? And he said, with money and I was like no you and I because things haven't been great and this Mm. just seems like it's a recipe for disaster and he was like no we're going to be fine flash forward a month or two and uh yeah we broke up um I think in hindsight we've both agreed though that we're grateful for the 2020 pandemic because we probably weren't going to make it anyway. Mm. But when you have the distractions of life and being able to do things yes having all this other stuff going on, you don't probably realise how mismatched you are for one another. And the global pandemic just sort of bubbled everything to the surface. It was like an intense boot camp to divorce. I think it's an intense boot camp for major life change Mm. because I've changed the way that I work. I would be distracting myself Mm. with other things, but I haven't been able to. Yeah. So your first episode of Damsel Under Stress is called Why the Fuck Did I Get Married? And actually one of the reasons like this whole podcast, it's, it's about dating, but not about dating. I don't understand where this whole thing came from where our lives are meaningless like women until we get married and I think I was so drawn to your podcast and your first episode why the fuck did I get married so why the fuck did you get married (laughs) I ask myself that question every day why the fuck did I do it I mean that's what I'm trying to figure out because of course I don't want to take any responsibility for what I what happened like I'm like no it wasn't me society It's society, babe. It wasn't me. But it it really does boil down to society. I was actually talking to someone about it today because they're a guy and they were like, well, I never felt that pressure. And I'm like, yeah, because it doesn't matter in your world. You know, for a man, Mm. it's not like when you're a little boy, people are saying, oh, you're going to make a great husband and groom. You'll be such a handsome groom when you grow up. You'll wear a beautiful white suit and you'll be the centre of attention and everyone will be telling you how beautiful you look. Yeah, like no one has ever said that. But for me, there are so many instances in my life where I was told, you know, like your wedding day, your wedding day, you'll be a mother one day. And it's so pressed upon you that you sort of just believe it. You're like, oh, okay, Mm. that is what's going to happen for me. I'm going to grow up one day and I am going to get married. And you never question it. But in my opinion... 
and I don't want people to come at me for this, but it's a pretty flawed fucking system. It doesn't work, to be honest. And uh, I think we all just have romanticised the notion of like severe long-term monogamy. This is what I don't get about it. And the thing that we've lost in all of this is relationships that last two or three years, they still can be successful relationships. Mm-hmm. But somehow what we've done is we're like, well, no, anything that ends in divorce is not a successful relationship. And so we've put all this pressure We've put pressure on relationships to last 50 years and they may not be meant to last 50 years. A hundred percent. Absolutely. As in a marriage, I mean, a marriage technically should, it is a lifetime commitment and I'm using air quotes. Yeah, I don't totally. believe that it is, but it's meant to be. It's meant to be. Like I get what it's yeah. going for. But the thing is as well on the, on the flip side of that is that I have friends that date for marriage, whereas like now mm. I date for fun like my life is good for fun and if someone is comes along and I like them for a bit they can chill for a bit but I'm not dressing them up to be my husband and that has been a huge difference whereas I have a girlfriend who is dating a guy she's not even sure that she's that into him but they've already talked about you know their different religions and you know and yeah and and like Puts how a lot they of would, pressure. like would their kids go to a public or a private school? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you rushing ahead to the finish line? And then when you ask them about that, they're like, well, I don't want to. Like, what am I in this for if it's not to get married? And I'm like, that's your fucking end game. That's what you're doing this for. What about just getting sex? Yeah, totally. What about just like you know dating for a little while? Why are we so quick to run down the aisle? Yeah, no, I, I think there's also. There's definitely pressure and I feel this because kids are all wrapped up in this and the biological clock, it's like you're racing towards something that you may not even want. That's how I have felt for the last five years. I'm racing towards something that I haven't even questioned on a deep level. Mm -hmm. You just expected that that's what you want. 100%. Yeah. It's a a tough one. It's it's hard for me. Like I've never questioned if I would have kids, but the more I think about it and the more I think of how having a cat, the responsibility of my cat, who I can leave for a night and go stay at someone's house and come back and she's fine, like very little responsibility. The weight of that responsibility crushes me. And I think, how Mm. the fuck could I have a child? But uh, when I think about it, I'm like, I I definitely don't want kids. But then because I've thought my whole life that I want them, I'm like, am I denying myself something that I do really want? Are you just being silly? Mm. Like it's so fucked up. But during my, when I was in lockdown and trying to work things out with my husband. I was seeing a therapist and she said something that was so helpful to me because I was like, well, I don't know if, I don't think this is going to work, but I was like, you know, TikTok on the biology clock. I'm 30 now. If I'm going to have a kid, not even sure if I want one, but if I want to have a kid, I'm going to have to break up with him, have some time alone, find someone else. Then maybe have kids. I was like, I'm not going to have kids until I'm like a certain age and I don't even know if I want them. And she said, what? are you wasting your time stressing about this? She's like, there have been such massive advances in like biological science. Yeah. If you get to 45 and you realize, shit, I do want a kid. She's like, you can probably have one. So just stop stressing about it now at 30 when it, you're not sure it's what you want. And I was like, oh my God, that takes the pressure off. And now I'm really not that concerned. Like if I get to Mm. a certain age and I realize that I do want a kid, I can try. It's not the end of the world. I'm not going to let that dictate. No, and it's also not the end of your life. I I get really caught up in this whole like, well, is my life not successful until all that stuff happens to me? Otherwise, you're just never living in the fucking moment. So many of my friends have that 
when will it happen for me mentality. It's not all it's cracked up. It's happening for you now. It's happening now. Your life is happening now because what will happen is you will get married and then you'll look back at your single life and you'll be like, why did it? Yeah, you'll miss it. Like coming out of, um, you know, back on the dating scene now and I feel like I've just stepped out of a vortex when I got married. I cannot believe I got married as young as I did. How old were you when you got married? I must have been 27 or just about 27. Yeah. But because in my head I was like, oh, this is late. I'm getting married so late, you know. I'm running out of time, going to get married. And now that I'm like hanging out with people that are in their 30s and they've never been married and they're single and I'm like, man, there's been a lot going on out here. Why have Mm. I not been out here swinging with everyone doing the fun stuff where I was just way too quick to settle down into family life? Because the thing is with family life is that once you're in it, pretty hard to get out of. It's You're committed. You're committed. You are committed. Yeah, you've made a choice (laughs) and it's hard to get out of. When people, you know, start dating and they want to move in with one another and I get it because... You feel like you're playing grown-ups and you want to spend all your time together. But the thing is, don't rush that because once you move in, it's really hard to move out from one another and just date yeah. again. Like that dating period of where you're just seeing each other, you know, you have your own life but you see them a couple times a week. Once you live together, that's it. There's, you can't go back. I tried to do it once. I tried to kick a boyfriend out of my house and he didn't leave for a year. It, and I was the one yeah. that ended up having to leave because he just wouldn't get out. It's not stop rushing. We don't need to get through this checklist. It's crazy. Mm. So now that you are getting divorced, how do you feel about marriage? <laughs> I, I've listened to the podcast, so I have a pretty good idea yeah. for anyone else listening. Uh, it's tough because I, I try not to be too bitter about it because I know that people do really like it, but I just want people to know that it is not what it is cracked up to be. Stop racing towards it and stop romanticizing the idea of it. Stop thinking you're incomplete Mm. without it because it is absolute shit. And also, particularly for women, we really get the short end of the stick when it comes to marriage, honestly. Mm. Like the mental load, which is all of the invisible work in the house that women are expected to do, no matter how great your man is, I'm telling you that (laughs) mental load exists. You're better off just being on your own, honestly. I don't want a man in my home. That's my motto for the rest of my life. I've heard quite a few people that have that have been married and then gotten divorced have said that, like, that's it for me. I'm going to be living on my own. Yeah. I don't like sleeping in the same bed as guys. I like to have my space and time. So I can't even imagine sharing a bed, let well, alone a house. This is that's strange. Like, because <gasps> my husband and I, we did have a room together. And then I was just like, why are we doing this? I don't like sharing a room with you and mm. I'm just going to move into this spare room. And at first I think he was a little bit, he was kind of against it because he was like, that's just not the done thing. But then after a week he was like, this is substantially so better, good. you know, like mm. we can have sleepovers with one another if we want to, but having your own space is so important. And, and that's the thing I think I realized partway through my marriage was like, I have just given up my independence like I am not Mm. I sleep beside this person I share everything with this person I'm not just me I'm not free to just do whatever I want and I know that some people like marriage for that because they like that security but it gets a bit it's a bit constricting at times you know like it's just yeah it's not for me and I just don't think that I think for some people it works great and I don't want to shit on it but shit on it too much but I just think It's got to stop being the status quo. We've got to stop pretending that it's what everyone needs to do because it just doesn't work for everyone. Yeah. 
So where do you think your ideas from marriage came from? Because I know on the podcast you spoke about your mum's experiences with marriage and she's got a tattoo on her ring finger. (laughs) What does it say? She got the words never again tattooed on her ring finger. Oh, my God. I just love that. That is badass. Well, she's one of these women. She's one of those embarrassing mums that has live, love, laugh signs on her walls. She's one of those. There's all like words around her house and so – she decided to put those words onto her body now. And so, yeah, the never again thing, absolutely love it and I'm stealing it. Like I don't need a mental reminder at the same time. You could do matching tattoos between uh, the two of you. I think I might. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't tattooed on that finger because, yeah, they're love just that. in case because you never know when a proposal is coming. And then just in yeah. case I can just be like, oh, sure, look at the finger. Oh, no, it says no. Sorry. Can't. I feel like that cuts out all the conversation on the first date. If he sees that tattoo, you're like, I'm not interested. Yeah. So we can move on now. <laughs> yeah, this is purely casual. I'm never going to marry you. Sorry. So do you think some of your ideas on marriage came from your family? Yeah, for sure. I'm a Croatian and ever since I was 15, my mother has just been throwing me at every eligible bachelor to be like, isn't she beautiful? Would make a good wife. Absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, I think it's definitely come from that part of it. And I think it's just like, you know, my mum got remarried in 1998 and she did get married because I think she thought I need to have a father figure in the home. And people sort of looked at her, even though she was killing it as a single mum, people just sort of look down on her like something was missing and what they thought was missing was a man and so she did get married that was in 1998 and she's like that is a long time ago things have changed a lot now that single mums are more celebrated now as they should be Mm. and it's not abnormal for a woman to raise a kid on her own whereas back in that day even though like 20 years is not that long ago whatever but it was kind of frowned upon for sure so I think My ideas of marriage definitely came from my mother, but they've evolved with her as the times have. Yeah. It was so weird just waking up one day as a married woman and being like, what the fuck? Why did I buy into this? Yeah. This doesn't fit in with everything that I've learned about the world. Do you think this is something that happens around your 30s? Because this happened to me, I'm 32 this year, and I... It's something about my 30s that it's hit me. Like, what? (laughs) What is this lie that I've been sold? What's this Disney princess bullshit? I agree. Probably. For me, I think when I was coming up to 30, I was just like, this is it? Is this it for me? Like, what the fuck have I been doing? Yeah, totally. It's all around your values. I did this whole values thing where it was like freedom was my number one value. If freedom's your value, why would I be settling down and buying a house? (laughs) No. That doesn't make sense. Oh, absolutely. Like independence is my number Mm. one. And I think being alone, having my own money, not being in anyone's pocket, that is my number one thing. And for me to then merge my life with someone that takes away those values is kind of bizarre. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't compute. But yet, even with that knowledge, I still would think there's something missing because everyone yeah. thinks something is missing in your life. And it's actually really difficult. Yeah. Like people say to me, because I say, oh, I'll never get married again. And they're like, that's sad. And is it? Is it though? Like, <laughs> I feel like that's such a powerful statement to make for yeah. women to be able to stand up and be like, oh, that's just me though. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we're alone yeah. possibly. There's only a few of us. I think like people do think they're like, oh, what a lonely life. And I'm like, hold up, hold up. 
I'm just saying I don't want to be married again. I'm not closing the door on love and I'm not closing the door on connections. Those are definitely things I'm open to. I don't want to live without sex and love, etc. But it's the institution of marriage as a whole and assigning my entire life and being to someone else that is just never going to happen again. It's this traditional value set that I'm against because it doesn't work. And it doesn't work for women like you and I where freedom is our biggest goal or most valued thing about ourselves. Well, how do we have one foot in, one foot out? Like we want to get the best of both worlds. I think people are just, they're threatened by single women. They don't like They don't need a man. Like that's that is yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I discovered your other podcast, We Want to Be Better, through the Alcohol Mini series. And I actually really, really recommend that series to anyone, including myself, who questions our society's relationship with alcohol. You guys did a brilliant job of deconstructing that because I think particularly coming out of lockdown, all anyone ever wants to do is go for a drink. That's the thing. And I think that that series was incredible. And you speak about getting sober while you were still married. So I actually was wondering if there's like an update on dating life post-separation, but also being sober. Because that would be new for you. It is new. Actually, I have not had any issues being so like ever since I got sober, it has just been such a blessing. And then I did kind of have this panic of how am I going to go on dates? Because people mm. want to drink. That's the go-to date. Uh, luckily, though, that's the society thing, isn't it? That's it. They want to go out for drinks. And at first I was kind of hiding the fact on the apps that I was sober. I wasn't really open about it because I, uh, I don't know, I just... I, I don't, don't have to. I don't, you don't have to be. Yeah, I don't. Like at first, I just wasn't saying anything until someone. Yeah. It's not like I would just come out and say like, "Oh, I'm sober. What's up?" But if they said, "Do you want to go for a drink?" I would say, "Yes, absolutely." But just so you know, I will not yeah. be drinking because I'm actually sober. But I'm happy to come along. I'm just letting you know because it would be weird if I rocked up when we're going to a bar to drink and I haven't told you in advance. Like soda I'm, water. Yeah. And most people have been totally cool with that. Some people have been like, yeah, I'm not a big drinker either. But one guy was like, well, no. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, "Um, no, Um, that's weird. And I was like, well, I'm okay. I'm happy to go out for a coffee instead. Then we'd both be sober. And he was like, no, it has to be at night. Like I can only go out on dates at night. And I was like, okay. He's got some work to do. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) okay. So like, well, then we could maybe do something else. And he was like, no, absolutely. It has, it has to be a bar. And I was like, okay, well it it absolutely cannot be me then. I don't know what you want me to say, but you guys are not aligned. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't think it's going to work out, but it's been interesting actually. Cause I going through lockdown, I had an intimate partner, which now just sounds like the weirdest phrase when we were in lockdown mm. it made such sense to be like intimate partner but now I'm like intimate partner I know what that is wait so you had a different uh new a new guy yeah 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 I was uh oh, yes okay your great. intimate partner yeah intimate partner yeah yeah so a guy that I met on a hinge date who yes yes and luckily we had each other during lockdown because I do not think I would have made it through without a deep yeah. appointment, honestly. So that was really <laughs> that was really good. But then the we got out of lockdown and I'd been on, you know, Tinder and stuff and I hadn't been going on dates because what was the point really? Like we couldn't do anything. And as soon as lockdown ended, this guy that I've been chatting to was like, Oh, they're opening the floodgates. Like we well, can go on a date on Wednesday. And that was in two days' time. And I was like, I'm not ready for this. Like I'm not ready to be out there. Even though I was already out there because I was sleeping with someone else. I was just like, I'm not ready to get dressed up, 
have to go out again. Mm. I don't know if I'm ready to be in a bar at this point. Nothing to do with sobriety. Yeah. It's just that I've been like pent up inside for so long. So it's interesting dating during a pandemic because really you can't see them. You can't really do much with them. It's been a really strange journey, actually. I, mm. I'm planning on going on a date soon <laughs> at some point. So last question, what's the best thing about being single? I now only look up for myself and only have myself to look out for. I rely on myself and I'm enough for myself, right? And there's no one that I'm expecting things of. There's no one that I'm depending of in any way. And that is the best thing because I'm never going to let myself down. And that is just the most perfect thing. That's why I think living alone and having that independence and relying only on myself is the best thing because I'm the person that's going to be around for my entire life. I can't be putting all of my eggs in one basket, meaning another man, and expecting them to live up to the high standards and care for me as much Mm. as I need them to or want them to because they can't. They're always going to disappoint me on some way. Because it's too much to ask of another person. So I think just never being let down by yourself is the best thing. I think I used to really idealize that idea of having your house and going on Ikea shopping trips and all of that. But it's now a nightmare (laughs) to me, honestly. Like the idea makes me quite sick. And every time that I see someone in my Facebook group, you know, or Facebook feed and they've bought a house, they're having a baby and they seem really happy about it. And I just think, can't relate, truly. <laughs> I, and this is the thing, we've created this thing that's one size fits all and it's not. Our lives are so varied and we're so varied. I can't even imagine having sex with one person for the rest oh of my, my life. God, no. <laughs> but other people can. No, okay, like absolutely. I'm telling you, do not have sex with just one person for the rest of your Don't life because I, it. during lockdown, had my first uh, vaginal orgasm. <gasps> oh, my God, I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah, I... I would not have, and I don't know if it's the 30 thing or not, but I don't know if it's like that I'm sober now and I'm like getting more in touch with my sexuality and my, I meditate now so I can like just think of an orgasm. I'm not sure what it is, but women apparently reach their sexual peak in their thirties. And I'm telling you as someone that's going through that right now, you do not want to be with just one man. Okay. Like, trust me, get out there, experience and explore because there's so much more out there. Oh my God. So true. Yeah. (laughs) And that is a great way to finish off. Thank you so much for joining me. That was just awesome. I can't wait to hear how many, how long is a damsel under stress? Is this a limited edition or is this ongoing? Great question. I really don't know. I've seen some of your Instagram stories. You're like, I don't like commitment. So I'm just not committing. (laughs) I love that. Well, I don't know because I, I, it could just be a limited series because it could just get to a point where I'm just like, well, there's not much else to report. But I hope to be able to talk about more things. I think as they pop up, you know, at the moment, it's just about unpacking what the fuck happened and trying mm. to move on. And because there's so many, there are so many women that are like, you know how we, we went through that phase where everyone was getting married and having babies. Oh, yeah. You know? Yep. Now we're at the phase where everyone is coming out of that and we're all getting divorced. Yeah. So there are so many women that are in like just DMing me constantly being like, oh my God, same babe. Like I am going through the exact same thing. So yeah, I just thought we needed, we needed a young divorcee talking about what's going on because no one wants to talk 100%. about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you so much. 
All right, Mum. So you have uh, listened to the interview. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, that was pretty interesting. And I like that Bianca said post-marriage she doesn't want a man in her house. And I totally get that because I am sick to death of 33 (sighs) years of putting the toilet seat down. Oh, my God. I actually can't believe he still does that. To be fair on him, though, he does a lot. Like he has really shared... The load. We of, share the load, but I have asked but, every... But the toilet seat up is just... Nuts. I've asked every which way. I've been cross. I've been nice. Doesn't work. <laughs> so my next place, I'm getting a urinal housed in its own room. I have a Pinterest board. You know, I love a Pinterest board of <laughs> urinal rooms that are really stylish. So in the middle of the oh night... Oh, my when, God. True. When I'm staggering blind because I can't see... So and I don't put my glasses on in the night to have my middle yep. of the night pee. Yeah. I'm not going to sit on the rim, scream and jump <laughs> up and I I haven't got used to it. So this happened to me. I was dating a guy and he came over and he kept like this is early on and he kept leaving the toilet seat up and I fell into the toilet oh, in the middle of the night. It I can't. is the worst to I ne- sit I never, on a I rim. I never saw him again. Yep. No, I fell in. I didn't sit on the rim. I fell in. So you said in that that you can't imagine ever sharing a bed. So I reckon that's fine. You can just share a room but have separate beds. And when you get older, things go a bit haywire. So apparently I continually throw the covers off all night. And, of course, your father snacks in bed on pickled (laughs) onions, chips (laughs) and nuts Pickled onions in bed. That's so weird. Yeah, it's disgusting. And nuts yeah. and crumbs. So now I reckon we're going to have to get separate beds. And I cannot believe her mother has a tattoo on her finger, never again, opposite of me, because I've got a tattoo on my hip, Rob, in capitals. <laughs> that says Rob. So we, we have to tell the story of your first ever tattoo. So mum is against tattoos. She hates all my tattoos. She gets so angry at me every time I get a new one. And next minute she is in and oh, we will- Oh, no, we, you didn't say Thailand last episode. Yeah, it's no, okay to say it this episode. You can beep, Ruby can beep it out. So <laughs> she, we went to Khao San Road in Bangkok, which is this backpacker. I took the whole family to this like backpacker street. We got buckets. So mum got pretty drunk on a bucket And we ended up like convincing her to go to a tattoo parlor next door. She got R-A-H, which is Ruby Alice Hannah, her three daughters tattooed on her left hip. And then you had your wedding anniversary like a few months later, right? And she got R-O-B matching on the other hip. So she's got Ra and Rob on both hips tattooed. That is true. And anytime I've seen it, I'm just like, what the act? And I remember in... Thailand, you were urging me on and Alice was horrified. (laughs) But anyway. I was definitely um, egging you on to do it and Mm, you were so hungover the next day. Did you you regret it? Uh, No, I don't regret it. And I went to the local tattoo parlour and got Rob on the other hip. (laughs) So mum is the opposite of Bianca's mum who got never again tattooed on her finger. Now on to this week's challenge. So something that came up over and over in that conversation, I think one of the running themes was not rushing towards the finish line. In our society, it's very much like rush to get married, rush to move out, rush to 
get a promotion, rush for the next, everything's just like the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And I think that something that would be really good for the challenge this week. Do you relate to that, Linda? Yep. I definitely rushed, married and a baby within two years of dating, three babies within the space of five years, running a business. (laughs) So I'm not going to make the same mistakes as my mother. I think the challenge this week is to look at all the aspects in your life where you're rushing towards this imaginary finish line. You know, that might be you're single, but you're like, I have to be married and have babies tomorrow. Or you've just got a new job and you're like, oh my God, I need the next pay rise and the next promotion. So anything that you're rushing towards, and I think there's probably, I'm rushing towards a lot of things, reflect on whether you could possibly choose one of those areas and slow down and just enjoy where you're at in that one area. Sure, you can slow down once you reach the top. Shut up, Linda. Life is for living. I find that everyone is living to work, not working to live. And so that's going to be the area for me, which is slow down at work, enjoy where I'm at in my career, take some time for myself and not be obsessed with like the next thing. But for other people that might be you're living with your parents and you're like, oh, my God, I have to move out, I have to move out. Who wants to move out when they live with their parents? Nobody. I love living below my parents. I really enjoy living with you guys. So I don't need to rush towards moving out. So I'm fine in that department. But I think some people might feel like, you know, I I have to move out of mummy and daddy's house. Well, you don't. Just enjoy it because your parents will get old and this is the best time that you can spend with them. Don't you agree, Linda? It depends on how annoying they are. I mean, we're brilliant. Maybe (laughs) we need to be more annoying and get rid of you. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. See you next week.